The familiar words of Luke 2 set the scene for one of the most incredible stories in the world. But did you ever wonder? The familiar words of Luke 2 set the scene for one of the most incredible stories in the world. But did you ever wonder what it would be like to hear that story from someone who was there? Imagine yourself on a Judean hillside almost 2,000 years ago as you hear one shepherd say to another, tell us that story again about the night the angels filled the sky and Messiah was born. Hey Noah, why don't you start us a fire? How's that? Not bad. Not bad. What a day. I can't believe how tired I am. All I want to do is sit by this fire and sleep till spring. I can't believe how hard I worked today. I think you mean you, you didn't work today. <laughs> hey. Guys, come on. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to have to go check the sheep, see how they're doing. Let's just have a, a little bit of peace and quiet. All right? Please. Okay, okay. I'll be quiet. And I'll be peace. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this. Oh. Hey, wait a minute. Where did all these people come from? Yeah. Wow. Look at them all. Huh. Are they from Bethlehem? I don't know. Maybe. Or Okemos. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of the night when our campfire was surrounded by angels. <laughs> they don't look like angels. Yeah. No, this guy over here looks a little strange to me. Hey, let's, let's not scare a guest away, all right? <laughs> Thanks for being here. You honor us with your presence. It is our custom to spend the night by swapping stories. We can't offer you much except a little warmth from our fire and some pleasant conversation. Uh, although the conversation is not always pleasant. What? I just want to warn everybody before you get started. Yeah, thanks. Hey, Eli, tell us a story again about the night the sky was filled with angels and mm. Messiah was born. That was the greatest night of my life. It was a night much like tonight. About 20 years ago, we were in these very fields, and it was so cold you could see your breath. So naturally, we huddled around the fire trying to keep warm. I can remember watching the, the icy constellations as they would crawl across the evening sky. And the stars were as big as lanterns. And we were alone. All alone. Shepherd's life is actually a pretty lonely life. We live out here in the fields. Our clothes are old and worn. Our jobs are dirty. We have the filth of a hard day's work underneath our fingernails. And we, we smell like eh, damp straw and sheep dung. What beautiful smells. But you know, 
The loneliness, that's not the hardest part. Rejection, that's hard to take. You see, because of our jobs, we are considered to be ceremonially unclean. People do all they can to avoid us. There's only one group lower on the social ladder than shepherds, those who have leprosy. So most people despise us, and even some people regard us as thieves. Some of us are. Yeah. The Mishnah, the Jewish law, says that we can't give testimony in the court of law because our words are deemed unreliable. But that's not the worst thing. The worst thing is that we cannot go into the synagogue or into the temple on Sabbath to worship God because we are unclean. How ironic. The very sheep that we are watching are destined to be sacrifices in the temple, but we can't go into the temple to offer them as sacrifices. Our sheep get closer to God than we do. But we believe in God, to be sure. I mean, how can you look up at the sky on a night like tonight and not see his glory? King David was a shepherd many years ago in these very fields. Right around Bethlehem, he would look up at the evening sky and one time he wrote in the book of Psalms, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky shows off his handiwork. Day after day they speak about him. Night after night, they reveal him. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their message goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. Now, we believe in God. It's just that we can't worship him with the people of God. And how does it feel to be rejected? I'll tell you. It stinks. It's horrible. I, I mean, to feel that you are ostracized, you're isolated from men, you're separated from God. We know that we are a lowly people. We know that. But we are a rejected people, and we feel that. Someone said, if you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. That's true. But shepherds, we have a noble heritage, actually. Like I said, David, before he was king, was a shepherd in these very fields of Bethlehem. Uh, and Amos, the Old Testament prophet, uh, he was uh, uh, in the hills of Tekoa. Right. right. And Messiah was called shepherd of Israel, wasn't he? Exactly. That's what Isaiah says. So we're in good company. Except that was long ago. And today... Shepherds are not so honored. I remember thinking that night, if people don't care about us, maybe God doesn't care about us. Maybe he doesn't know about us. Maybe he's forgotten about us. Maybe he doesn't, doesn't even care. And for a moment, I cringed inwardly at my blasphemous thoughts, but that's how we felt. We felt all alone that night, unwanted by men, abandoned by God. Everything was bleak. And what happened next is really hard for me to describe. Suddenly, without warning, 
this incredible creature stood right by our campfire. A man glowing with, with supernatural brilliance. We later learned that was the glory of God. He was a dazzling creature, an honored angel of the Lord. And his glorious light instantly overpowered the night. We, we were blinded temporarily by his presence. And we were terrified. What do you say to an angel when you see him face to face? What do you do? Well, immediately, I thought of my sin. It's commonly believed that if you ever see an angel, it's bad news. And I thought this angel had come on a mission of judgment to punish me for my wicked thoughts. I wanted to run, but my feet were frozen to the ground. And we were all paralyzed with fear. And while he was brilliant, the words he spoke were even more glorious. With the purest and sweetest voice I think I ever heard, he said, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Messiah the Lord. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby swaddled in strips of linen, lying in a feeding trough. Immediately, as if on cue, the heavens were filled with glowing beings from one horizon to the other. It was so bright, it was like midday at midnight, like a, a thousand blazing campfires all around us. I think every angel in heaven must have been there because this was the most exciting thing that had ever happened in the world, the most amazing thing taking place. And these angels all around us, what a sight. There they were in glittering ranks with wings displayed. The angels of God in deep amaze stood transfixed in holy gaze waiting to proclaim Messiah's birth. And when they spoke, it was awesome. It started out first like a chant. An antiphonal chant. One group said, glory to God in the highest. And another group echoed back, glory to God in the highest. And it began to build like a crescendo. Then it went from a chant to the most amazing melody that I had ever heard. Angelic voices filling the heavens with cosmic surround sound. Now, these angels weren't here on a mission of judgment. They were here on a mission of mercy to give us hope to give us joy, and to give us peace. Oh, we were amazed at the words that they were proclaiming. Words of joy, words of hope. Then as quickly as they appeared, they were gone. The light from the stars, visible now again, was pale in comparison to the holy splendor we had just witnessed. All was quiet. You could only hear the bleeding of the sheep and the moaning of the wind. And I can remember thinking, did I hear them correctly? A Savior is born unto us? A Savior for shepherds? God has not forgotten us. 
My friend, God has not forgotten you. Now, it, it takes a lot to convince a shepherd of the miraculous. We are down-to-earth men, men of the world. We care not for speculation and fancy. It's hard to pull the wool over our eyes. But I'll tell you what we saw that night was convincing. We could not dismiss the angelic message, and we believed. So we had to go. We had to go and see this wonderful thing that the Lord had made known unto us. That, that's what the angels wanted us to do. I, I think we might have left one person watching the sheep. I don't know, but most of us got up and ran as fast as our robes would let us. We were leaping over fences, passing through meadows, crossing over streams until we finally came to the edge of Bethlehem and we paused to catch our breath. And that's when someone said, how are we going to find him? I said, that's easy. Just follow the crowd. Because everyone who is anyone is going to be there. They may not like the fact that shepherds are showing up, but hey, we're not crashing the party. We had a divine invitation. I mean, the Judean dignitaries are going to be there. The Jerusalem religious leaders are going to be there. Anybody who is anybody is going to be there for Messiah's birth. But when we went into the village of Bethlehem, we were shocked. There was no crowd. We went to the caravan, Sari, the, the traveler's inn, but there was no baby. And so we systematically went through the village from stable to stable looking for the baby in the barn. After all, that was the sign, a baby in a barn. Now, you know, normally babies are born in homes with the help of an experienced Jewish midwife. The best of care imaginable from friends and family is showered upon every newborn. To think of a baby born outside, born in a stable, and then placed in a feeding trough? Unthinkable. But we were determined to find him. And we were driven by two things. First of all, the personal invitation from an angel. And secondly, our personal need of a savior. You see, when you feel your need and you really believe that there is a Savior, nothing will stop you from finding him. You will search high and low until you see him. Maybe that's why you're here listening to this story. You're looking for a Savior. Well, we continued our search and until finally we heard the unmistakable cry of a tiny infant which led us to a cave. It was a cave carved out in the rock on a hillside. A young man in his 20s met us. Who are you are and who are you guys? What do you want here? He was holding a stick. I said, we are shepherds. That didn't help. But then I said, no, no, we saw an angel, an angel who told us Messiah was born this night, said we could find him in a Bethlehem manger. And as soon as we said that, a, a big smile broke across his face. His name was Joseph, and he kindly welcomed us in. His young wife, Mary, had just delivered a healthy baby boy, and they named him 
Jesus. How fitting is that? Jesus means Savior. Well, any mother who has just delivered a child, especially her first child, has a, has a special glow about her. But this child, this child was different. This little infant was the hope of humanity. This was the redeemer of mankind. The redeemer of mankind now robed in, in the flesh of a baby boy. And so... We bowed to worship. Then it hit me. This is scandalous. These two, Mary and Joseph, poor peasants, they told us. They're nobodies from a nobody town somewhere in the Galilee, Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Kings are born to the proud and powerful in beautiful homes, palaces, uh, they're not born in crude accommodations like a stable. But this was no human king who would someday claim to be a god like Pharaoh or the Caesars. This was God who was made into a man. He rose from his majestic splendor, stood poised on the rim of the universe, then dove headlong through space, passing through this, past the stars into our broken world, and landed in a manger. God was not far away. God was with us. How kind of the Most High God to invite the lowest of men to be the first to observe Messiah's birth. By telling us first, God was commending his love to the common man throughout all the centuries. And for the first time, we felt at home. For the first time, we felt accepted. Joseph told us everything. He told us about the angels coming, first of all, an angel told Mary that she would have a child and then confirmed to me that the child was from God. He told us that it would be a supernatural birth fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. He told us about the decree that forced them to travel from the north all the way down here to the south, and when they arrived, no one would take them in. He told us all the different names that this boy had. He was son of Mary, but son of God, son of the Most High. He was Jesus and Emmanuel. He said that his son would sit on David's throne and reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there would be no end. It was the most thrilling thing I had ever heard. Mary, meantime, sat quietly, listening, just taking it all in. Well, it was time for us to go. We didn't want to wear out the young royal family. And besides, no one else had heard about the birth of the Messiah. We wanted to spread the word. We felt that God told us so that we could go tell other people. And that's the same pattern today. So we went to tell everyone we could. 
wonder how many people we woke up that night in Bethlehem. Well, at first you said dozens. Yeah. Well, then he said a hundred. I think it was thousands. <laughs> There's less than 300 people in Bethlehem. Oh, that's a, we told everyone we could. Everyone we saw, and we disturbed some sleep, that's to be sure. Some people weren't very happy. I remember this one lady threw a, a pan of water on her heads from the second story of her house. I hope that was water. <laughs> anyway, this is what we said. A Savior has been born this night in Bethlehem. Messiah has come. The angels confirmed it. We saw with our very own eyes Messiah is here. Believe. Receive his joy. Accept his peace. Many of the people we told marveled at the things we said. They were amazed at the miracles, and, and some even ventured out to see for themselves. Some mocked. God would never tell shepherds such wonderful news, they said. And the sting of rejection hit us once again. But nothing could extinguish our joy. A Savior had been born for us. We came back to these fields, glorifying and praising God for all the things that we had seen and heard, because it happened just as the angels had told us. Astounding, amazing. What a glorious night. Eli, if the Savior was born to bring peace, then why is it that we have so little peace today? I, I mean, many nations are at war, and, and, well, Rome is threatening our freedom every day. That's a good question. I think perhaps he came to bring personal peace first, peace with God, forgiveness of sins. Then maybe later, maybe many years later, He'll come and bring political peace to our war-torn world. It's like Isaiah said, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If we turn from our sin and we put our trust in him, our sins are washed away. We become white as snow, cleansed. And we have the peace of God in our heart. 20-some 20, 20 years have come and gone since that spectacular night. We haven't heard much about Jesus. But I'm convinced. I know for sure, somehow, someway, someday, he's going to secure our salvation. But we must remember that the angelic message had two parts. First, Glorify God. Glory to God in the highest. We are to glorify the God of heaven for his mercy and his grace to us. His willingness to send his son to be our savior. And next, peace on earth to all men with whom he is well pleased. Every boy, every girl, every man, every woman should enjoy the peace of God. And they will when they put their faith and trust in Jesus, the Messiah. Well, it's time for us to go check the sheep again. Thanks for being here. And don't forget that this story is it's not just for us. 
it's for you. And if God can save us, he can save anyone. May the God of all goodness bless you with salvation and peace as you put your faith in his son. Blessings. Let's hey, go. Benjamin, come on, get up. We got to go work again. Eli, your preaching put Benjamin to sleep. It's a gift.